Vanessa Roundstake. Won it by three lengths to Vangelic. Sandano clear of 50 to go and beat Crystal Breeze. Third over was Animate. Hello everyone and welcome to Thoroughbred Weekly. In Mudgee this morning for the Central District's qualifier later today, the fog just starting to lift behind me. There's been a very heavy fog out here in Mudgee today. Great field coming up, more about that later in the show. Yesterday at Royal Randwick, what a race. The Chipping Norton Stakes, one of the greatest uh, finishes ever uh, with five horses battling it out in that super mare, very elegant getting the prize and getting the job done. Her seventh Group 1 victory. Chris Waller now at 119 Group 1s for his career and J-Max closing in on 50. And, of course, it was the Friedman brothers with forbidden love in the surround stakes. Uh, Ron Doversy and Lizzie Jels were with me at Randwick yesterday. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. What a chipping Norton it was. We've had some beauties over the years. It's a great horses race, a champion's race, in fact. So... We may say a bunched finish, um, but um, and a, a mare with a tremendous will to win. There's no doubt about that. You just cannot uh, teach a horse to win like that. They just have that will inside of them, and that's exactly what she has. She's just absolutely remarkable. I think there were still some really, really good runs in behind her. I must say um, Colette was excellent. She's gone to another level this preparation, but... Just her will to win and the fact that she's able to get the job done in, in that type of fashion makes it very exciting. It does. I think uh, all the efforts have got to be put into uh, this big, the build-up of the rematch of Very Elegant Nadeb. Has she caught him or is he going to be better? What's the, have you got any reports coming in from England about Nadeb, Lizzie? No, look, he really took you know, the English uh, summer by storm last time and he finished on a great note and we do know he's very adept in those wet conditions which is predictably what we're going to get over this championship. So I think he's as good as he's ever been. I don't know if he's gone to another level but I would say winning that Group 1 back in Europe and getting that Group 1 on the board would have to suggest that he, he's at a level which is going to be just as good as he was in the round vet. It's going to be pretty exciting coming into this Queen Elizabeth. There's no doubt about it. You know, whether it's not a one-horse race, there's a, there's a team of them there. And like I said, there was not much between these horses yesterday, so they will all have their supporters. Well, when they turned for home, when they got down to the 200 metres mark, it was anyone's race. Who was going to want it more? Who was going to be the best on the day? Well, she found a way to win very elegant. Yeah, I must say, he, he knows her so well, McDonald. He, he, he rode to perfection. He made the early move, which he had to, to take the acceleration out of Colette. And that's exactly what uh, she did. She, she, she hit a flat spot here, but class gets her through. And I, I think Colette... Um, Went down fighting, yeah. fighting like a tiger. Not everything went right for her as it did last time, but I, I look, she just confirmed her talent there. Yes, I, I think what we probably have to just strip back is that Funstar went forward, so it made it a little bit tougher for Colette not to just sort of get that easy type of um, you know transit. So I think that was probably the undoing of her. She and very elegant got the sit on her. I, look, I, I mean, there's no doubt very elegant's win was excellent. She's a she's an absolute tiger. She fights to the line, but as you said, it really confirms Colette as a weight for age performer and not just a wet tracker. And I'd have to say 
if you ran that race again and she got a cosier run, would there be any difference? Yeah, look, I, I don't know, but I, I think Godolphin need to be needs to be commended the, the way they they handled uh, Colette in, in the spring, where they didn't get past a mile with her, where it would have been very, very tempting for the Oaks winner. And they've concentrated on the autumn of this year. And I think it's considering she hasn't been past a mile for a long time and we know she can run a distance, it could be exciting for them once she does get up to that distance. And obviously if it's a wet track as well. Um, Avilius was fantastic, fantastic for the stable as well. They took the blinkers off him and after his first trial, I would have thought, oh, that's the end, he, he's gone, he, he needs retirement. But they just were chipping around and keeping him happy and a terrific first up run from him. Uh, don't forget Colding. As far as when it gets dry, he, he comes he comes of age and he's got racing style. Funstar was much better. I even thought Master of Wine was okay with you know with uh, Southern France was even okay. A horse first up for a year, but how can you take it away from this Bonnie Mare? No, you absolutely cannot take it away. Of course, after the race, we spoke to Chris Waller and James McDonald. As Greg mentioned, that's 119 Route One wins for Chris Waller and 48 for James McDonald. She's obviously a very good horse and. I think everybody saw her fighting qualities today. Um, I thought Colette had us cold at the 300 metre mark and then I saw Avelius coming with a, a well-timed run and she was in the middle of them and she, yeah, she dug very deep. It was a good tough win. She looked amazing out in the parade ring today and um, I don't think I've ever said that about her before. She's just an unassuming girl that just, just fights like a tiger and uh, I think it was fitting for it to be fought out that way because that really is the quality of very elegant. Yeah, well, when you count 1,400 metre group ones and Oakses and Tancred Stakes year after year after year and uh, Caulfield Cup uh, with a pretty big weight for him here, so uh, they don't get much better. The Queen Elizabeth is her ultimate goal? Um, look, she's competitive in whatever you're running and obviously every race is important. Um, the next stage is the Ranbet in three weeks' time, and then she'll probably back up the week later in the Tancred like she did last time. That's that's what we'd be thinking based on what she did last year, or maybe we have a bit more confidence and go three weeks into the Queen Elizabeth. But she's the right horse to to make decisions um, when you need to. Well, I've been in those scenarios before with her, and she seems to come out on top more more times than not. And um, I, I knew once she was eyeballed. And that last hundred where with a tough have to get going, she was gonna get going and very proud of the mare, she's a super mare and yeah, I got a very very good soft spot for her and um, I, I just hope that, well I think she will get better as the distance get further and she was pulling away there. Okay, uh, let's uh, hear from Greg Pritchard, chatted to Brace Kukowski, who was one of the part owners of Very Elegant. So special, you know, like you know, that's a seventh group one. Like I genuinely think she deserves a mantle of champion. Um, nothing ever gets past her. You know, she gets beaten when you know she loses sight of the bunny. But you look at her historically. You put her in a race. She's so tenacious. She will not let a horse get past her. And today they were, you know, she was there to be beaten, um, and she just showed her champion champion qualities. Second up to a mile. She's a true stayer. So. You know, she's definitely looking for ground, um, but just her class shone through and you know, that's what champion horses do. They win when they're not entitled to. And there's no reason why we won't keep the same program as last autumn, which is the uh, Ranvit into the Tancred, uh, but the Queen Elizabeth's her grand final. And 
you know, we got the foreign raider in Adib coming to try and beat us, but I'm happy to take him on. Yeah, I hope this clash uh, is everything we hope it will be. Look at the market. Adib is at $3.50, very elegant at $6, Colette at $9. Look at the mares on that page. Very elegant, Colette, Arcadia Queen, Probabile. Arguments about they could be the best four horses in Australia at the moment. Well, they probably are. And then Adib comes into the mix to bring this international flavour, and we saw what he did last year. Can they make up the ground on that horse? Uh, since they clashed last autumn, Adib and Very Elegant have gone on to their biggest wins. Now, let's have a look at the Doncaster. Aegon as the favourite after that brilliant win in the Hobart Villain. He'll be in action on Saturday in the Ramwick Guineas. Uh, $7 in front of Probabile. Colette's there. Whatever she's in, she's going to be high up in the market, whether she runs there or not. Then you've got another mare, Fun Star. Then you've got Colding, Star of the Season winner yesterday. Here's Bjorn Baker, who's looking after Aegon for his dad, Murray, and Andrew Forsman, yesterday at the races. He seems to have come through that last run well. He's a natural athlete. He's fit going into it, so he um, seems in good order. When you've got a situation like this, how much interaction is there between your father and yourself in terms of the pre preparation of the horse? Yeah, I think um, with his Andrew as well, and uh, they've now got a staff member over Alicia who's looked after him in the past. She knows what she's doing. She's been to Sydney a number of times, so it works. It actually works fairly easily. Um, I talk to Murray often anyway. Um, we're fairly competitive between us. And while on the New Zealand theme, a Group 1 yesterday, she's done it again, another Group 1 win, uh, Avantage. She's slowly catching that famous uh, stable mate with number of Group 1 wins. She's still got a bit to go, but she's halfway there. Yeah, isn't she a beauty? They've placed her so well. This is her eighth Group 1, would you believe? We, we've seen her in Sydney before, and um, she showed nice ability, but to think that she's gone on to win eight Group 1s and um, varying distances as well, so... You know, she's an absolute star in New Zealand and she, she's been a marvellous uh, for, for her connections for sure. Here was a star yesterday as we pick up the concluding stages of the Group 1 surround stakes for three-year-old fillies taken out by Forbidden Love. Uh, yeah, she's a, she's a terrific filly. She's, uh, she's an iron horse, really. She's been here, there and everywhere. Little freshens up in between. Beautiful ride by Nash, who stayed patient when Dame Giselle just come out underneath him a little bit there. But once she let down, she showed this magnificent sprint. And away she goes. We're, we're waiting. We're thinking these fillies are a very even bunch. And that's um, that was pretty authoritative against an even bunch, I would have thought. Um, but did get a few breaks in the run. I thought um, Vangelic was much better there yesterday. Uh, Elizabeth is a better filly this preparation. There's no doubt about her. Look forward to seeing her maybe in that uh, Kembla Grange Classic. Never Talk was terrific again. She's done a, went, been through a long preparation in really good style. What do we want to say about the rest? I don't know. It's, it's Montefiore was good for further. Uh, I want to assess Hungry Heart on a drier track, like most in this race, but. There's no real standouts amongst those fillies, I don't think, although that filly was pretty dominant yesterday. What did you think of Dame Giselle? I think she's in trouble. I think that unless she can get a dry track and jump out of the ground... And control the race more so. Yeah, yeah, she's just been a little bit underachieving at her two runs back, but we're working with soft tracks. Yeah, and she hasn't been able to be in a smaller field. She's been in much bigger fields recently. Yeah, I think um, the three-year-olds in general 
Um, aren't, probably aren't, I know it's only early days, but they're probably not as good as we th thought um, earlier on last year, or in the middle of last year. Well, Greg and I caught up with Michael Friedman and Nashree Willer after the race. She had a couple of weeks off at Julian Blackson's farm up in Queensland, and he rang me and said, she's doing that well, you should bring her home to get her ready for something. So, um, yeah, it's just a big thrill. She's, she's almost an iron filly what she's been through, what she keeps producing on the track. Yeah, she's, um, she's come a long way. I mean, you know, what was less than 12 months ago, she was going around in midweeks at Canterbury, I think. But um, she's, always, she's just kept improving and maturing, which is a bit typical of the breed. Um, and I, not that I was confident coming into today, but, but Wajid, who, full credit to him, he does a lot of work with her and he knows her very well. And he galloped the Tuesday and said, boss, you know, she's... If she's going to win a Group 1, it'll be this Saturday. I think we'll just see how she pulls up. I mean, the Cormor's only a couple of weeks away, which would certainly be, you know, worth thinking about. Um, and, and I guess you might even think about a Doncaster later on. Who knows? I mean, she'd have no weight in it. Um, I, I think from memory we've kept her in it, so <laughs> I hope we have anyway. Yeah, I was sort of under no real pressure to be anywhere. Um, probably beforehand we would have thought we were probably two lengths closer in the run, but... Um, it was more about getting her to travel comfortably and we've <coughs> got a lovely cut into the race from Tommy Berry's mount and um, uh, look she just yeah she just the further the race went the more confidence my confidence grew and um, you could just sort of you, you got the you got the feeling turning for home was, you know if I could keep her out of a, a dead end she's gonna be very hard to beat. Duff, I get what you're saying about the Phillies as a group, but have a look at this. Forbidden Love is now outright favourite for the Coolmore in front of Fun Star Ice Bath, Rich Hips, All Saints Eve, Tricky Gal, Shout the Bar, Hungry Heart. She had that much of an impact after yesterday, $9 now. Yeah, look, I think we could go through three or four pages there and you could still be making cases for horses. That's where these Phillies and mares are. And... They hit this grand final in the Coolmore and it'll be like, um, where's the darts? We'll just throw a few darts at this well, mob. Well, I think by the end of, <laughs> when you get towards the Coolmore, you, you pretty much know how they're going. They're in their third, yeah. sometimes fourth run into a preparation, so you know where they're at. So it makes it slightly easier, but these earlier races... Well, we've got wet track lead-ups and all of a sudden if we have a dry track Coolmore day, it's a, a raffle, I still think, even though they've had their runs back. Uh, dry lead-up form, a wet lead-up form to a dry track, it, could be a bit of a head scratch. Bit of a value, bit of a value race, maybe. It could well be. <laughs> As we go to a break, here's John Sargent on Elizabeth or Eliza Beal. Yeah, she just uh, obviously didn't have the draw and then had to go wide on the turn, and um, it'll come together though. I think she's relaxing a lot more. We'll move her up to a mile now, maybe look at the Kimber Classic, and then if she runs well there, look at the Vinery, and we'll see if she runs well there onto the Oaks. So we'll play it by ear. She's uh, out of a Zabil mare, so hopefully the way she's starting to relax, she might get a bit further. Yesterday, the two-year-old action was the Skyline Stakes and the Sweet Embrace Stakes, and we're nearing the end of this Golden Slipper build-up. There are only five more lead-ups to come. We've got the Todman and the Riesling next Saturday. We've got the Black Opal in Canberra, an important lead-up, and then we've got the Magic Knight 
and the Pago Pago as the very last chances to get into the Golden Slipper. So let's find out what Ronnie and Lizzie thought of the win, first of all, of O President in the Skyline yesterday. Look, I thought it was a good win. He, he looks tough. He, he looks to have the right attitude. He's got a lovely racing style. I, gee, I thought there were some rough rides behind him. Look, you, you, you don't go the, that steady and be two and three lengths in front. It's just ridiculous. I don't think the boys read this, the play here at all. They, they got a little bit arrogant about their chances and uh, forgot about, you know, a horse with good talent up front. I think um, it was a good win, but an even better ride. I think so. He judged it, well, obviously, which Tim does. He just bluffed them out of the lead, and then they didn't make their ground up when he steadied up. It's as simple as that. Um, Halal is work in progress, but a nice horse. Captivant, wow, well, he, he, it's like he was having his first barrier trial. He, he didn't adjust to the, the tempo when it slowed. He threw his head up. He wanted to do things wrong. He was green, which we've never seen in his makeup before. But maybe this just comes down to the tempo of the race. He was very fresh prior to the race as well. He just wasn't himself. I've seen him a number of times at the trials and I've seen him also race day. And he is, his greatest attribute is his attitude. He's very relaxed and switched off. But bit of a bee in his bonnet yesterday. Blinkers on, he was fresh. And then the tempo combined with the tempo of the race, I think it just you just put a line through that run and hopefully get back to the drawing board with him and hopefully he bounces back. Nice horse the winner. He can obviously he'll probably run in the slipper now, but he, he I think he looks a miler in time and um, with a racing style like that, he's going to win a lot of races. I'm definitely following the second horse. Yeah. He's making really good progress as far as from that run on the Kensington track into yesterday. I thought he he had improved physically and I think I actually think he's a live contender for a slipper. Okay, fast. Rock Quinella. We Chris had Waller. a chat with Chris Waller after the race and of course Tim Clark. In fact, it probably more dictated. They could have got a bit closer if they wanted to. They left him alone out there and Tim's obviously a great jockey and there's probably very few better in front of rating tempo. So yeah, they let him get away with uh, a tempo that our president was comfortable with. So he showed a good turn of foot as they topped the rise and was very strong to the line. Is it a given that you'll go to the slipper now? Yeah, he'll go for sure, yep. I think, um, yeah, the, I'd say the team behind the horse will, will certainly uh, back me up on that. He's a nice horse. I don't think he's a natural leader by any means, but he's got a bright future. I was obviously well aware that, um, you know, where he was as far as fitness compared to a, a few of the others that were first up. So. When I had such an easy time from the 600, I uh, really let him go through his gears and knew that he, he was going to be awfully hard to catch. He sort of had a picnic down the side there and, you know, he, he won well last start at Canterbury. I know it was a big step up in grade, but, you know, when he had such an easy time and he was, he was race fit, um, it was going to take a good one to run him down. It's a big team of owners. It's a big team, uh, including Coolmore. And he is from Coolmore, Rob Archibald. Chris is always sort of of the belief that he was more a, a size champagne type of horse, but um, he showed enough at home to warrant going to a race like today. Uh, he was a smart winner at Canterbury last start. And I think on the back of today, you'd have to give the super serious consideration. He's obviously, uh, he's got an entry there. Um, look, we'll leave that to Chris. He'll make the decision in the end. But um, yeah, impressive victory today. And so we're, we're very pleased. And um, yeah, the slipper certainly seems like a viable option now. Many part owners, Debbie Kapitas among them, of course, of Winks fame. I guess you're hoping that brings a bit of good luck? Oh, absolutely, yeah, if we can bring half the luck, yeah, that'd be great. We've got a wonderful group of supporters that have su supported us from day one with this project, um, and it's just nice now to see a few rewards. So it's an exciting time for the farm, exciting time for all the owners, and, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's great to be part of.
Yeah, Deb was warming up with a little woo-hoo yesterday. It's going to get louder come slipper time. The relief was written all over John Sargent's face following the running of the Sweet Embrace. He's obviously had dramas, sleepless nights, trying to get four moves ahead back to the races, setback after setback. But look what she did yesterday when she finally made her way back to the track. Uh, she won her way to the slipper, and it's full steam ahead. Yeah, I think it is. I really like this filly. I think she's got oozes quality, and it's not easy to come back from a couple of setbacks, especially young horses. But she did race fresh yesterday on top of a pretty hot speed. Much They went out much harder than the Colts, and you would have thought she was a sitting shot. But look at the way she gets the head down, pins the ears back when <clears throat> asked by Nash uh, for an effort. I, I really like her. I think she, even though we've got some beautiful colts here, I think she's the, the, the chance for the fillies, this, this filly, as far as the, um, the golden slippers concerned. You know, I think a few were raving about the finishing runs of, of uh, She's All Class and Mallory, but they're all entitled to run on after, this, uh, after the speed of this race. So probably She's All Class, having had all that Magic Millions money, is struggling as far as the golden slipper qualifications point of view is concerned. And the third filly I like, she's, she's, she's a beauty and she's got improvement to come. Whether she um, gets a run in the slipper or they concentrate on the size, she's going to be competitive as well. But that's a, a couple of good fillies there, none more so than the winner. I, I, I think she's got upside, upside, upside. Yeah, you'd have to say that she's the one out of the fillies so far that's putting her hand up. Just with Mallory, they're going to probably run in the golden slipper and then yeah. go on to the sires after that. But that's where she's better suited, isn't she? Yeah, you wouldn't rule, completely rule her off saying, you know, she can't win a slipper. The slippers are, you know, a very open race as a rule. We'll learn more next week after Todman, though. Well, we caught up with Nash Willa and John Sargent after the race and the exciting win of four moves ahead. Well, you know, we've had a hard last 10 days. Um, as I said to Nash, what she does today, she'll only improve. You know, we've got to only get the saddle on on Tuesday for a gallop. And apart from that, she's just swum and being led off the pony. So uh, it was great to get the result today and uh, we can move on. So she seems like she's just a natural. Is yeah. that what's getting her through? That's right. You can see the last bit she was getting tired. She probably came to the end of the last hundred. But we've got three weeks now if she comes through it to the slipper and uh, we can crank up her work and she'll be a fitter horse then. Yeah, she's bounced back today and... You know, it's always in the back of your mind. She's probably missed a little bit of work along the way. And, um, you know, sitting up on the speed like that, I just try to wait as absolutely long as I could and, and just coax her home without hurting her too much. And um, hopefully it gives her a chance to get into the slipper and she'll be, she'll be very competitive. Well, the way she was sort of coming back to post, did you think she's got a bit of improvement in her? Oh, I do, I do. And I think she's the sort of filly that could sit off a, you know, a, a solid branding slipper or, that was a case. She can put herself right there too if it's if it's run that way. But like, hopefully, the harder to go, the better for her. The big day's next Saturday. The Todman. Here's the the market. We're assuming all these horses are going to turn up. Profiteer, stay inside. Remark. Home affairs. It's going to be a it's race. A, it's shaping up as a great slipper. But what about this Todman? Yeah, it's going to be the slipper and the mini slipper lead up, isn't it? Uh, because all those favourites, those beautiful colts are there. And uh, any firm opinion early? No, not yet. No, have to have a look at course. them in the yard. That's your job, yes. <laughs> be asking you too early. Don't ask me to do that. <laughs> That's your job. <laughs> We're going to take a break when we come back. Kerry Parker uh, pulled off a big race win yesterday at a big price. Think it over in the Liverpool City Cup.
What a good horse Think It Over's turning out to be. He won a half million dollar Craven Plate on uh, Everest Day. Ran third in the gong, his home track uh, down there at Kembla Grange, and yesterday came back with this victory at big odds with Bossy in the saddle for Kerry Parker. Yeah, and once he landed in that position, he was always going to be strong. I didn't think no one had him racing that close at 1,300 metres, but he's, you know, invariably sprints well fresh, and he gets the job done at 50 to 1. Uh, she was good on the inside there, All Saints Eve, wasn't she? She's a very good mare, and she was held up between the pretty well the 350 and the 250 there, and um, she could be a, a player for the Coolmore Classic. Now, let's have a little discussion about your little golden boy here, Korea uh, Dearest. You, you just cannot let him go, can you? I can't, no. Why? I, because you don't run the times that he runs and have the action that he has and find the line the way he does without being a potential Group 1 horse. Finishing speed is nothing if you don't have early speed. I, I do agree with you to some extent, but I just think he needs to be in a race with better tempo, so the better tempos are the better races. And I, I, I was talking to Ronnie about this earlier, about running him in a Doncaster. I, I know he's going to get a light weight, but oh, where, where's he going to get to? But at least you get pressure in a Doncaster, and they're the type of races where something can swoop from last with a, all that pressure of all those horses keeping that pressure on for the mile. His main problem is getting in the Doncaster. He's got to win of one of these races to get himself in. But if you put him in, a, in one of these Group 1 Wait for Age races, which I think he's absolutely capable of running very well in and potentially winning, then you're going to get better tempo and it's just a smaller field. Hmm. Time will tell. Time will tell. He's a tell. very talented horse. but very. I know his racing pattern is awful, I get it, but... You he's on notice. You, you, I'm, he's I'm on sort of writing down a few nicknames for him, but we'll, uh, well, I think we'll you, give him a chance. You, you definitely, otherwise you'll be eating your words, Ronnie, okay. I can assure you. Okay. <laughs> we had a chat with Kerry Parker and a very confident Glenn Boss afterwards. If they stacked up and sprinted, they'd be too sharp for me. But I think, uh, you know, the leader made it, fell into our hands beautifully. He, he kept the race rolling along and uh, coming to the turn, I, I, I was, knew I'd be in the finish. You know, I thought he'll keep going at this pace. But if they sort of stacked up and then sprinted, they might have been too sharp for him. But uh, no, absolutely wrapped. You know, uh, you never know they're back until they're back. But he was back. Always gone super first up, you know. Uh, but I did think the 1300 might be a bit sharp against this grade. But uh, no, he, he proved in the, that uh, everything went well for him. Well, gee, boss and 50 kilos in a Doncaster sounds good. Oh, listen, I've liked this horse from the first time I rode him. And um, I said to Kerry, you know, like, like he had a sort of a long campaign last time, but he was still... I know he's five, but he's very immature, and he got better every time we went to the races. He got better and better, and you know he had a good win, and then he ran very good in the gong. Um, he had a, he had form all around discharge and all those type of horses, and he went out there as forty to one shot, and his first up run last preparation was super. So there was signs there that he was there to run a good race, um, because having had a bit of inside knowledge of the horse, knowing that he was going to improve after that last prep, um, and. There was a bit of his trials were good, so you didn't think he was going to be better it, over further. Listen, yeah, obviously I know he, I know it's easy after the fact, but yeah, he was always going to be better over further, but he was always going to sprint well, very well, very well fresh. And here's uh, comments from John O'Shea about All Saints Eve. We come here thinking that she's going very well, and she sort of acquitted herself admirably. Probably just needed to find something to take her up the straight, and instead Brenton sort of rolled back to the inside where he didn't want to be. So. Uh, she's right on song for the Coolmore in two weeks. Um, 
she's just come back a bigger, stronger mare. We've been so happy with her, and uh, you know, hopefully in two weeks' time, she's got a great second up record. She's down in the weights now. Uh, we're really looking forward to producing her. When they hit the line in uh, the Guy Walter Stakes when Tony Gollan's horse Crone had won, I was racking my brain thinking, what has Tony Gollan won in Sydney? I'm sure he's won races, but nothing came to mind. When I asked him in the post-race interview, Tony, how many winners have you had in Sydney? He said, I've had three, including my first group one, yeah. Temple of Boom in the Galaxy. How quickly we forget. How quickly we do. And if we get a wet track... Come Coolmore Classic Day, this could well be another one. She is uh, up to the best mares on wet tracks, this one, Crone, and she did it on the dry at the Magic Millions there. So she's a mare in form who's always had that, that little bit of talent. Um, so all these mares are just ticking along beautifully. Um, tricky Gal, that tops her off now. Uh, Ice Bath, that just tops her off now. Probably wants the wet to stay around. Uh, reel them in Ruby. That's two good runs back after a year off or so. So she's ready to peak. Sweet deal. Uh, I just think maybe, I fell into her yesterday, but maybe just a little pretty in retrospect and um, obviously dry where she can use that acceleration. If and she ridden with a set as well. Yes, exactly. Much, much better wet mare when she's ridden with a set. She, she just, just launches, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, if she's if she gets a bit of cover, she relaxes and she gets into a great rhythm and that's when you find that she finds a line and has that tremendous turn of foot. I spoke to John Thompson after the race and he said she had a big blow afterwards. She was having a big heave and he said he sort of probably had her a, a little bit too big in condition. But that's what happens when these mares come back bigger and stronger. Yep. Um, I, I thought Crone's win was good, but I just would say that I didn't think a lot of those mares ran up to expectations. Mm -hmm. So I would say that she was flattered a little bit by that win. It's probably the, a lot of those mares is the run they've got to have before the grand final in two weeks. So it's hard to gauge where they're at in their preparations because obviously that's a lead up to the, um, the, the Coolmore Classic and trainers have got that in the back of their head. So comes back to your job now what's going to happen when we get to the two weeks time and um how you what sort of track conditions we're working with and how your sweet deal you know parades and whatever it's, progresses it's, it's, it's yeah. gonna be a tough one tough one that does look like a, a hard race when we get to the coolmore classic after the guy walter we had a chat to tony gollan and tim clark again she's a really good wet tracker and i guess she earned herself a free pass to have a crack down here at the autumn when she won on magic means day so it's um been a well orchestrated plan, I guess you could say. <laughs> a bit of rain come and she rode her back nice and quiet and she, she ran on beautifully. Well, she's not just a heavy tracker now. Nah, she got, got through the soft pretty good as well, but nah, she's a nice fit mare. She had a good summer up in Queensland, obviously winning the Phillies Mares race, Magic Means Day, and you know, hopefully she can go on and have a crack at a, a bigger race in a couple of weeks' time. So you're looking at the Coolmore? Yeah, definitely. That's what she's here for. And owners are really keen after, you know, after she won in Queensland to give her a free hit at a race like that. So we we thought we'd, we'd have a crack at this and see where she was, if she was up to this grade and she's proven today she was, obviously a lot deeper pool in a fortnight, but who knows. From where she drew, Tony said that she needs to be ridden sort of quiet just to get her to switch off and, and get into a rhythm and just sort of, the race panned out really well for her. Um, I was able to get onto Breton's back um, sort of just before the turn and, and at that point I, I felt very confident that she was going to be the winner. She travelled up really well and obviously comes off a big win at Queensland um, where she comes from nowhere and blows them late so she's in, in terrific form like most of Tony's stable and you know coming down to try and take advantage of some of the wet tracks over the autumn um, they might reap some reward.
And those colours are having a bit of a run. They're also carried by the Golden Slipper favourite, Profiteer. Let's get uh, a, a word from Matthew Smith about Tricky Gal, and then we're going to hear from John Thompson uh, talking about Sweet Deal and also Dreamforce and Purple Sector. She's uh, put four or five really good runs together at, uh, at good stakes level. Again, today she performed very well. Uh, look, surprised to see one come from behind her. I, th- I thought she was sort of um, she had the race there to, to win today, uh, but she's run very well again, and, and she'll step forward. She'll go forward to the Coolmore in a couple of weeks' time. Got to be a race, even though it's a high-class race that she's capable of winning. 18 starts, six wins, seven seconds, and a third now. Yeah, she's she's a really good man. I wish I had a few more like her. So uh, no, she'll have a day. She's going really well. I think she'll improve a lot with the run. Um, just raced a little bit fresh, had a good blow. Uh, I think she'll improve. A lot second up, hopefully on a, a bit firmer surface. One of your stable stars, Dreamforce, second in a trial last week at Canterbury, headed to the Canterbury Stakes? Yes, yeah, he'll run here next Saturday. Uh, he's going super, uh, very happy with him, come through the trial well and he continues to thrive. And another one on the up, Purple Sector, also a runner at the trials, wins second. What do you got planned? Yeah, he'll run next Friday at Newcastle in the new market. Uh, it's a nice race for him to, to kick off his prep in. Hopefully ends up third up in a Doncaster. Preparations uh, taking place out here at Mudgee for the Country Championships qualifier uh, later today for the Central Districts and we're getting closer to the end of the series. We've only got uh, today at Mudgee, then Tamworth, then Canamble in the wild card. We're halfway through. Eight in, eight to go. Let's go back to the first yesterday, the highway. Speaking of country horses, and Leo uh, was too good for them. First up, a winner again at Randwick and a highway. Yeah, well handled by Mark Smitzer. He's, um, he, he went to the same situation as last prep where he resumed him at 1,000 metres at Randwick without a trial, and it seems to work with him. He had a bit of weight at 59. He, he, um, that was his race. He, he was very good. In saying that... Um, I still want to be forgiving for Water Dove. She was just a little bit awkward at the start and she had to burn that first 300 metres where they really run fast sectionals. So uh, she had to be out on her feet late. So I want to be very forgiving for her and give her another chance. Tango Steps, Honest Mare, doesn't win often. Uh, Washington Towers, good second up off a long break there, I would have thought. And Social Smile overachieved at big odds. This mare down the bottom, she's a bit of a lass, but uh, uh, stunning Mosa. Uh, 1,200 in the bush should be hard to beat. We uh, caught up with Mark Schmetzer and Hugh Bowman afterwards. Same as um, first up last prep, so like, um, yeah, he'd been set for this race for a while. Just grateful, you know, for the Gore families to buy him for me to kind of kick the stable along, um, you know, recently. So they leave us alone and do our job, and Brett and I were always on the same page, so it's, it's very easy. He won with authority. Uh, he... He got to them very comfortably and I didn't expect him to actually let down as well as he did to be honest because we were going a pretty good gallop throughout and Mark just said, just last time I brought him down he just wanted to overdo it so that good speed up front helped him relax and get into a good rhythm and he thought, even though he had the big weight he won with a bit in hand I think. 
Now we'll bring it home with the final two races of the day. We go right down to race number eight and Yonkers back into the winner's list for Chris Waller. Yeah, another beautiful ride by Bowman. He's really got his eye in at the moment, the last three or four weeks. So put himself in a beautiful position here. Third up, 2,000 metres, got the right run and he's found his peak fitness. Realm of Flower, she's on the Sydney Cup path, so encouraging run from her. Now... I want to be forgiving for the two hot shots here. I just don't think it was a run to suit. They were back last. He loomed at one stage there, Great House, but he had too much to do. He lost a plate in running. And Skylab, I don't know whether he liked being between horses there. He's a raw three-year-old, and he could go easily go to the Rose Hill Guineas and be very competitive against his own age next time. But I just think with this Great House, he may have loomed up. You know, After that first up run, Chris may have sort of just come back a yard with him with the carnival in mind. I think he did exactly the same when he won at Rose Hill, but he ran to the rail. When mm. I watched the replay, I had to look back and I watched the replay, and he did exactly the same yesterday as he did at Rose Hill, but he ran into horses yesterday because yeah. he was coming back off that, you know, sort of off of the tempo. So I think... He's got a bit of a trait mm -hmm. to do that, which is something that they've got to probably iron out. But, yeah, the tempo of the race was not suited to how those two uh, hot pots were, mm. you know, going to be ridden. So I think that you can be very forgiving for both of them. With a horse like Great House, though, I know, I know he's, you know, he, he's only, that's only his fifth start. So he can improve and straighten himself up with, a, yeah, with experience. Absolutely. I, I, look, I think he's a... I think he'd taken a lot of improvement from that last start performance. He was better in the yard. They're taking him to the trials and, you know, they're doing the real Chris Waller school of getting them acclimatised to this type of racing. But he's still got so much improvement and maybe it's not this Sydney Cup. Maybe it's next, you know, maybe it's in the spring. But he's certainly heading in the right direction and you can be very forgiving of him. Yep. Well, that was a double for Hugh Bowman and Chris Waller yesterday. Um, it was a good win today. Um... It was one of Huey's worst rides last start, and did you tell <laughs> fortunately, him? no, I did tell him. Yeah. Um, but today we got a bit more luck from the draw, and uh, yeah, it's good to see him back on track because he showed some good form last preparation, and just edging him up in distances has probably been a big help as well. Well, I was a little bit lucky to get the position I did, but he's he's, he's been a good horse for me sometimes, and I haven't helped him the most other times, and it's lucky that. Chris is such a loyal trainer, so uh, I didn't have as much luck as I hoped for last start, but um, it all worked out in our favour today. And Similar to Caulfield when I won on him last preparation, he loves being held up for that one run, but he's not a sit-and-sprint type of horse, so he needs a pace or races run to suit him to a degree. But when they are and he gets the right run, he's always very competitive. And uh, Huey Bowman will be here today at Mudgee, a bit of a homecoming each year to this meeting. His uh, parents only live up the road at Dunny Doo. Now we've got the last of the day. The nation was on Zakat for plenty, and it was Liberty's son, Greg McFarlane and Cathy O'Hara, who's now being named at the Provincial Championships Qualifier in a fortnight at Gosford. Yeah, well, this, we should have read the speed map a little bit better than this. This was an absolute gift. They just let this horse go three-quarter pace in front. Cassie says, oh, I'm going now, thank you, because I can't wait any longer. I've had too much of a rest. Look, I don't need to go searching for the sectional times to see that this second mare was absolutely airborne. I'd, I'd be very shocked if she didn't run the quickest sectional of the day over the last 600 metres there. To do what she did there, I don't know, um, if she can 
hold that form, she's going to win a few races, nice races, this preparation. There's no doubt about it. Just hard to read slowly run races, but her finishing sprint there was unbelievable. Poetic Charmer, honest again. I just, uh, I think he was disappointing the favourite. He was there to pounce at the right time. Maybe it wasn't his style of race, but disappointed if you backed him. But the second horse is the talking point. Yeah, she was absolutely fantastic. And it's interesting, they've got to write this preparation. They've taken a, you know, she had a, a forgettable one last time. Now she's back. She looks perfect. She's really furnished. I thought there were two great rides yesterday and had to be Tim Clark and Kathy's. Both Lee. of their rides, they took the ball by the horns and they were just controlled the race. Mm. Well, they're not scared to, 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 to make a decision and lead. Some of these jockeys, they're looking for cover in very slow run races. Mm. Well, we uh, had a chat with Cathy O'Hara, who uh, broke all the punters' hearts yesterday, and Greg McFarlane. You can go to the provincial championships now. Hey, unfortunately, we get an extra kilo and a half now, don't we? Yeah, but you just got 58,000 in prize money. That'll do. <laughs> it's worth a kilo and a half, isn't it? Uh, gee... It was just, in the end, perfectly timed by Cathy. You said you didn't give her any real instructions, but was that how you wanted it to pan it, out? It was, and the only instruction I said to Cathy was to make it up for us because she pipped us last time at Rose Hill. Oh. So I said, just if you make it up to us, we'll see how we go. But no, he's, he's been going well, and, and we backed him off and brought him back up for this, and uh, he'll, he'll go well at the Provincial Champs in two weeks' time as well. You know, just looking at the horse and talking to other jockeys that have ridden him, Tim said he's... He's a pretty straightforward horse and just gets into a rhythm and it's exactly what happened today. I was just able to not push him, not pull, just let him bowl along and be where he was happy and he really got into a great rhythm and he gave a good kick and I think there's a little bit left for him. I think he's, he's probably going to tighten up a bit after today and um, yeah, he's a really nice horse, gives you a nice feel. Kalos up on the inside of the clock tower taking the lead. Here's Tycoon Hummer followed by Wanneroo. Kalos at the 100. Tycoon Hummer has a fight on her hands. Kalos about a half. Tycoon Hummer's getting closer. It's going to be close. Got up on the outside. Tycoon Hummer nailed Kalos. Stars of Karam and Mosh Music. Mosh Music gets its head in front. Then Sin to win and that's the race. Mosh Music 100 metres to go. Surges to the lead by a length and a quarter. Sin to win and it's Mosh Music. Mosh Music won it. Sin to win second. Stars of Karam third. Still more Varna at the 150 extends. Two lengths Holbein. I am Superman. Platoon late. More Varna's going well though. Holbein is finishing well, but more Varna won by three quarters. Holbein. Third in the race on the outside was Platoon. Fabagino at the 200 metres, but she's got plenty of company. Indian Pacific about a half length away. All banter. And down the outside, Hummer Hummer. Fabagino in front. Indian Pacific coming out. Then Hummer Hummer. Fabagino digs in. She lifts. Buffalo River at the clock tower getting weary. Two and a half lengths in front of Star of the Season. 50 stars. Buffalo River's curling up. Star of the Season's got him. 50 stars, the late challenger. But Stars of the Season's won it by a neck to 50 stars and Buffalo River. It's the bopper with Bella Nipotina. And here's Capriccio on the outside who's also flying home. Bella Nipotina with Capriccio the outside. Capriccio over the top. Capriccio. Bookmakers are heading to the Bahamas. Beat Bella Nipotina. It's Need new friends at the 200 metres just in front, but Shalo's got her. Shalo up to need new friends. Shalo just in front of need new friends. Shalo, the punters need it, and she wins. Shalo from need new friends. Shout the bar for third. Yamazaki fourth. Then a fair to remember. A couple of massive results, uh, none bigger than this one. The Group One Australian Guineas. 
Luna Fox at 300 to 1. That was the official starting price. Becomes the longest priced Group 1 winner in Australian racing history. The previous was Aberity in the 1986 Caulfield Guineas at 250 to 1. This broke all the records. And it ended up paying the quaddy yesterday in New South Wales on Flemington about 549,000. Unbelievable. Um, this horse did win the Sires this time last year at, at Flemington, mind you. And he's changed stables. Um, obviously, Terry and Karina Sullivan had him. And uh, now with Paul Pushka, that was a lovely ride. When is a three-year-old going to put their hand up and say, I'm here, I'm the, I'm the autumn three-year-old? It might just come down to this New Zealander again next week, eh? On uh, Cherry Tour, Tony was huge from the back. Uh, Tagaloa did at both ends, running third. But that does go down in history as um, one big upset. Mm. We're going to take a break. When we come back, the provincial qualifier at Newcastle, the Polytrack Provincial Championships are underway. is moving up and hitting the front Pandano 200 to go he shot to the lead from Crystal Breeze then came Animate further back was Electric Girl but Pandano 100 to go clear bounded away and is home Pandano clear with 50 to go and beat Crystal Breeze third over was Animate yeah yeah he's, that's yeah one of his best so far he's, he's just a consistent horse and he just keeps going and yeah makes us very proud all of us you know obviously he was going to the race so I think nearly favourite so he's a good chance and just want to thank Perry's and the owners for, um, for putting me on. I really appreciate the support. I've got a lot from them lately and we've had a bit of luck together. So I just firstly want to thank them and the owners. Um, but yeah, I spoke to Nathan this morning. He just said, look, he doesn't have a sort of real sharp turn of foot. He just sort of keeps coming. So he said, don't, don't get too far back. I, mean, I know you're drawing wide, but try and sort of be in that first four. Um, worked out lovely, just outside the leader. He relaxed comfortably. Once I come back that half a horse off the, off the leader, he just relaxed so well underneath me. And travelled up around the turn just too good you know I, I just thought I probably got here too soon you know but just having in the back of my mind that Nathan said he, he sort of a little bit one pace but today he really sort of showed a bit of sprint from the top of the straight and put him away quite comfortably. It was really good uh, Animate was really good and so was Crystal Breeze um, just looking I've got to watch it again but I think my swashbuckler improve and he'll get his shot again and um, Safado will also. So uh, All the Chris's four will improve on that run. They will, definitely. That's right. And, um, yeah, really happy to have a couple in, and um, hopefully we can get some more in. The tempo was good. He travelled very well throughout. Uh, the leader left the door open for us on the inside, but we were able to dictate after that and get to the, get to the middle of the track. We went and just had that little bit, of, bit more of a turn of foot, but... I think my horse will benefit from today and uh, he'll be very competitive in the final. Yeah, he's done a good job. He's, he's been a month between runs, um, so uh, it's always going to be a bit of concern going to the 14, but the way the conditions of the race, he, he couldn't run again, so that, um, that we couldn't do anything about that. But um, he got a good spot. Um, they just backed off a bit in the middle there, which didn't really play into his hands, and I, I just think this track's played a bit leaderish. So I think he's done a really good job to come from where he was to run third. So we're underway with the provincial championships and our next meeting will be at Hawkesbury next Saturday. They're all on uh, Saturdays from here on in right through until the final, which comes up on April 10, day two of the championships. The 1,200-metre heat there at Gosford is the interesting one, the only heat over 1,200 metres right through the series. And 
Pendano into favouritism now after that dominant win yesterday at Newcastle for the Perry Stable. They're certainly having a good trot and they haven't had many runners in the Provincial Series and that was their first heat win in the seven years of the Provincial Championships yesterday. Crystal Breeze is qualified and second favourite at $11. So three in, of course, unlike the country championships where there's eight heats and two go in, we've got five heats where three go in for the provincials. Mudgy, Tamworth, Canamble, wildcard at Musselbrook before the Ramwick final in April three. Two more go in today at Mudgy, eight in, eight to go. And we've seen some great heats, Art Cadeau and Legwork fighting it out there at Goulburn. Tara Jasmine running second at Coffs Harbour, another one winning at Wagga, Charmy Baby winning at Scone, the Mid-North Coast meeting transferred to that track, Bailey's the winner of the Coffs Harbour heat, but Ark Cadeau a worthy favourite at this stage of what we've seen so far, and that's been the history of this Central Districts qualifier coming up later today at Mudgee. 2018, the infamous year when the storm hit and we could hardly see them. Well, we didn't see them. We saw them a glimpse of them coming past the winning post. It was a tremendous storm that hit that day. And last year's winner, Healing Hands, 2020's winner, Healing Hands is trying to attempt to become the first ever horse in the seven years of the series to win two heats. Now, horses have run in more than one final. Al Mahaha won a heat and ran second in a heat, ran in two finals. Benelong Dancer ran in three finals. He won one heat, ran second in two others. No horses won two heats. Healing Hands is trying to do that today and create history. Um, and he can probably do it for Gaynor Williams. We'll have a big coverage coming up from uh, Mudgy later today. Now, what else do we have to wrap up to show you? Have we got mixed tips? Have they been up? Amy Shadow, Healing Hands, uh, Bazzoni and Reward Seeker. Amy Shadow, Brett Thompson and Jason Collett. Collett's here. Uh, Bowman's here. It'll be a good race day. Good four, probably getting to a good three. We had fog this morning, but it's turned out to be a beautiful day and about 30 degrees awaiting us later today. Lizzie and Duff, thank you. Thanks, Greg. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that Amy Shadow is a great chance. I've mm. really enjoyed her racing around mm. down here and some of those um, vision of her, she looks like she's come on leaps and bounds. So um, I'll be hoping that she gets the job done. You know you're ageing quickly when you think cosmologist was last year. Anyway, <laughs> it happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Let's, uh, let's say ready. goodbye. <laughs> And, but gracefully. 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 Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and I'll join you back here at Mudgee later today for our coverage of Central District's Qualifier Day for the New Haven Park Country Championships. <laughs>